Welcome to another episode of the Broncos Podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue, joined by my friend, my co-host, Trayton, here today. Uh, we're going to be going over our Week 3 preview, as you can see is the title, against the San Francisco 49ers. We're hosting them on Sunday Night Football. Uh, we both come into this matchup 1-1. One one. The Seattle 49 uh, sorry, the San Francisco 49ers are coming off a big victory over their division rival, Seattle Seahawks, um, as Trey Lance went down. And obviously, as you guys know, Jimmy G is taking over for the 49ers uh, for the rest of the season. There's no more quarterback controversy in that fan base um, for the leader of that uh, franchise. We'll be going up against Jimmy G. And, you know, as me and Trey have talked about, uh, you know, this, I honestly feel like this makes um, it makes a little bit more uh, like me, me as a fan, more nervous for the 49ers. I feel like uh, Jimmy G has a better grip on that system and he just fits that, uh, that whole offensive scheme just a lot more well than a uh, Trey Lance uh, was. Yeah. You know, and you know, and that's one thing I keep, I kept going back to, uh, you know, I, I mean, even far like go, go far as back as the schedule, the schedule release. Uh, that mm-hmm. was one thing that I pointed out. I was so happy that we got the 49ers this early in the season because Trey Lance, you know, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of experience and he's a, like, he's still completely an unknown. Uh, and that was why I was happy. You want to get a young quarterback like that earlier in the season, you know, the earlier, the better, the less experienced, the better. And, uh, you know, and I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo. And, but like you said, you know, like we, and how I look at it, you know, is we know what this 49ers offense looks like with Jimmy G at the helm. Uh, we know like the 49ers have an identity now. And, you know, I, I was actually listening to the uh, Dean VR Broncos podcast earlier today, and they made a, they made a really great point. Shout um, out to them. Oh, of course. Great, great people over there. And uh, they made a really great point. You know, I, I think uh, the 49ers offense, when you look at it as a whole, mm-hmm. with, Tra- with Trey Lance under center, they have a much, much high, higher, uh, higher ceiling, but they also have a much, much lower floor. Yeah, sure. With with in my and in my opinion, which I, I I totally agree with this with Jimmy G. I I do think that the 49ers offense, I think they have a bit lower of a floor, uh, or a bit a uh, bit high a bit lower of a ceiling, but their floor is so much higher. Um, you know, and that's Jimmy G and Trey Lance. The I stylistically, they're two completely different quarterbacks, and obviously, you know, Lance's athletic ability and his arm talent that's what gives you that high ceiling and with jimmy g he's more of a you know he's more of a traditional pocket passer um but i mean and again you know just going back to last year and uh previous years you know we know what this this offense looks like with jimmy g and i mean it was an offense that took the 49ers uh to the nfc championship they have a great defense as well but this is i mean this is a more than competent offense uh with jimmy g at the helm and I, I would agree with you. You know, this definitely does make me more nervous as a Broncos fan uh, going into this game because it's just now we have an identity. You know, now we know what the 49ers are, go- are going to look like. And uh, you don't really have that chance of having, uh, you know, Trey Lance having a bad game. You don't have the, uh, you know, like now we're going up against a seasoned vet in this offense. And yeah, while now maybe, we possibly know what to expect more. I still think this offense 
Uh, I think, and obviously, you know, the Trey Lance injury, I think it's a, I think it's a really big blow to San Francisco in the long term. but for this game and for, for this season, I actually, I like, I'm a lot higher on the 49ers than I was before. So I'll, I'll definitely be interested to see how our defense pans out against this offense. Now that we know, uh, kind of like what the identity of it's going to look like. Yeah, I think as Broncos fans, we all looked at this uh, game on the schedule and saw that for the first thing that we can uh, analyze with that was Trey Lance. Trey Lance, he's uh, young in this offense. He's still trying to find his way. He's still uh, learning a lot of new things in the league, especially as, you know, the starter of that team. And, um, you know, he uh, he goes down and, you know, now we're not able to take advantage of a a young quarterback, obviously, um, me and you have talked about this. Azero Vero, the defensive coordinator for the Broncos, he would have carved up Trey Lance. He would have car- carved him up for sure on this game. Um, but now, now we're going up against uh, Jimmy G, who I think the reason that their ceiling, um, that their ceiling, you know, isn't as high as as it would have been with uh, Trey Lance, you know, is the fact that you know, we know what we we're, we're getting out of Jimmy G. We've seen like his experience with the team. Um, but, you know, speaking of his experience, that's what makes the, the 49ers flo- uh, floor a lot uh, less low because he he's able to uh, manage games a lot better than Trey Lance would have been to. Um, he's able to uh, do enough for the game uh, for the 49ers offense to uh, grab, you know, grab a win from another team. Um, I think his his experience and his um, ability to execute in Kyle Shanahan's offensive system uh, just makes it a lot more um, easier for their offense um, and their team as a whole to win games uh, in this league in this, um, you know, even in their competitive division. So I think, yeah, with uh, Jimmy G at the helm uh, leading this team, I definitely um, do think differently of this game 1000% as soon as I saw that injury news. Um, and we talked about this as soon as, as soon as we saw that injury news, um, it really became a much bigger test for the Broncos. And, you know, Broncos country knows that this game is the first test for uh, this team. Um, you know, obviously Nathaniel Hackett has shown his struggles. We've talked a lot about this. Um, it's going to be our uh, second primetime game already in week three. Uh, we have a chance to redeem ourselves from that, you know, horrific, uh, you know, showing from this uh, Broncos, not only the Broncos uh, offense in the red zone, but also the Broncos coaching staff. And that decision uh, late in the game to kick that 64 yarder rather than put it in your quarterback's hands and fourth and fives, fourth and five. Um, but, you know, this is going to be a huge test for this team. Um, I'm excited for it. Um, I know, uh, you know, certain fans and even yourself, you said that, you know, you're less excited for this uh, game. And, you know, obviously as Broncos fans, you know, we're excited, but, you know, we're, we could possibly be less um, excited given, you know, I, I understand that, you know, given the circumstances that, you know, from week one to week two, somehow Nathaniel Hackett's play calling did uh, digress and the penalties somehow, um, you know, in terms of numbers got worse with the most penalized team in the league that has to absolutely be fixed. And we'll talk about this later in the episode, our keys to victory, what we need to um, improve um, for, for the Broncos to come out on top in this game. But, you know, overall, this definitely is going to be um, our biggest test already. It's a you know big primetime game, Sunday night football. It doesn't get bigger than this. Uh, Russell Wilson, he has uh, really, really, you know, he statistically he's the best against um, the 49ers than he is any other team in the NFL. So that definitely is something to look, uh, you know, to um, be optimistic optimistic about heading into this game but you know he also is in, in a completely new offense um a completely new team organization 
Um, but that de that definitely is uh, encouraging to see. Um, I'm really I I want to see um, not only I only don't want to see uh, Russ cook, but I also want to see you know this Broncos uh, running uh, game get going. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's gonna be I think that's gonna be a huge part, you know, and I, like especially with uh, it, it's looking like Jerry Judy's gonna be a long shot to play uh, Sunday, and we'll go yeah. over the injury report later in the show, but mm -hmm. um, you know. I mean, we're going to have missing pieces on offense. And, you know, and it is encouraging to see uh, KJ practicing two days in a row. But, and, and we're going to need him. But my, my biggest takeaway uh, from at least the Broncos' offense going into this game is, I, I mean, I would have to imagine that we, you know, you, you got to go in this game with a run-heavy approach, right? Yeah. I, I, you're not going to get very far with uh, – throwing to KJ Hamler and Tyree Cleveland all game long. And, uh, and I mean, and you can't throw to Sutton all game long either. Uh, like maybe that works against the Texans, but it's not going to work against the 49ers. It just won't. So uh, I, I mean, I would have to imagine that we're going to see a run heavy approach going into this game. And I mean, just kind of bouncing off of what Alexander Johnson said the other day, you know, give, give the day. Um, yeah, I was I was literally going to talk about that, you know, um, you know, when Alexander Johnson saying that I uh, give the ball to Javante, especially in the red zone, we're experiencing those issues there. Um, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to rely on your running game. I feel like Russ, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's gotten a little too uh, pass happy, um, just wanting to not necessarily make Russ the hero, but he's kind of putting, um, not, not putting too much pressure, but just putting the ball in Russ's hands too often. Um, but also not in the, uh, not in like the right times, uh, especially situationally for this offense. Um, so yeah, it does, it does make a lot of sense to, uh, you know, give uh, Javante the ball more, especially in the red zone. Um, we'll talk about this later on, but, um, yeah, uh, speaking of that, uh, Alexander Johnson, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, our recent episode, um, we had, we got to talk to former Denver Broncos linebacker Alexander Johnson. Um, make sure you guys listen to that episode if you have not. Everybody that did, I appreciate you for listening and showing support. It means the world to both of us. Um, with that being said, we're going to be jumping into our Q&A um, for our week three game against San Francisco 49ers. Uh, we have a few questions to answer you today, and then we'll be moving on to our fantasy football segment, a brand new segment that uh, Trayton and I are super excited to introduce to you guys. Um, without further ado, our first question is, who is our breakout player uh, for week three? Asked about Rockin' 808. Who do you, who do you think is going to be our breakout player for week three? I think I think we could see uh, I think we could see a really good game from KJ Hamler, assuming uh, Jerry Judy doesn't play. You know, I, I think with his vertical speed and ability to stretch the field, I think that he's going to open up a lot of opportunities for us in the offense. Um, and you know, and that's one thing, especially too, with just how I how I look at our approach coming into this game. Like I said, it's going to be run heavy, um, and I, I mean, I feel like we can follow a pretty typical approach of run the hell out of the ball and take mm -hmm. deep shots down the field when you can. And, you know, and I mean, obviously Sutton's great downfield, but KJ has that, he has that speed. He can, he can get separation. And uh, I think if we see some breakdowns in coverage uh, on some plays, I definitely think KJ could have a big game. 
Yeah, I like that. And the one thing I just thought about was when's the when have we ever even seen Cortland Sutton and KJ Hamler on the field as the top wide receivers and Jerry Judy absent? I don't, I don't think we've ever seen that. This should be an interesting um, approach offensively on Nathaniel Hackett's part. I, I well, we did for two games last year, but that was okay. Uh, yeah, that was that was short lived. But and two, Teddy Bridgewater was our quarterback, so that I mean that was that, but. Uh, yeah, and I'll def yeah, and you know I'll definitely be interested too. And that's the thing, you know, I feel like obviously Sutton's effective from anywhere on the field, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see how two receivers that really thrive downfield, you know, Sutton's a f- more of a contested catch, fifty-fifty ball, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like your prototypical X receiver, and then KJ, he's you know he's a burner, and I, I'm I'm interested to see how like two receivers that thrive in the same area of the field. I'm interested to see how we can you know. Uh, fit them into the offense and kind of game plan around those two guys. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, the 49ers defense as a whole. They are number one in the league right now, and especially their secondary is insane. They're really good. Um, we'll talk about the players uh, that we, you know, we fear most on that defense, but they're allowing statistically a, one, a league low 142.5 passing yards a game. That's absolutely insane. Um uh, week one, they had uh, obviously they were going up against Justin Fields, who isn't isn't the best quarterback. Um, and then week two, up against Geno Smith. So you know, take that how you will. Um, but to allow numbers like that, that is pretty impressive. Um, KJ Hamler, um, obviously a lot like Tyler Lockett, as uh, Russell Wilson has said. Tyler Lockett didn't have that well of a game last week. Uh, Niners defense secondary held him up pretty well. Um, if I'm you know if I'm uh, correct there, but um. Yeah, so to see KJ Hamler have a good game uh, this week, that would be uh, pretty impressive. Um, I like KJ a lot. I know that both of us do. Um, so moving on, we have uh, another question um, about who we actually just talked about. Uh, Jason Damore asks, will Hamler and Virgil Speed unleash Wilson? This is a bit uh, of an interesting question. It could be understood uh, either way, but what do you, what do you think about this? You know, I think it's very, I think it's very possible, um, you know, and I, I'm interested to see, and that's what I mean, you know, because I, I think we really have to game plan differently for this game than others, uh, oh, yeah. just, beca- just because of the missing pieces on offense. And, you know, when you, when you're going into a game with a run heavy approach like that, that tends to, and you're, you're seeing stacked boxes, um, that's going to tend to leave space open downfield. And that's and that that's exactly why I picked KJ to have you know a breakout game. I think that I think speed and just I mean success downfield in the passing game. Obviously, we want to be efficient, uh, but I mm-hmm. just I I don't really see a lot of those out uh, those underneath zones being open for very much during this game. And that's that that that's kind of my prediction for this how this entire game is going to go. Run heavy, run heavy approach and take shots. Um, and I think KJ and obviously we've seen we've seen the clips, you know, the uh, and I think KJ could definitely be rusty coming off of an injury. So it would be super, super impressive to see him ball out uh, this early in the season. But I definitely think just looking at it on paper and seeing what I've seen in practice and in camp from KJ, you know, the speed's still there. So I definitely think that uh, I definitely think there's a good possibility we could see KJ's speed unlock this offense and in ways that we haven't seen previously. 
I love it. And that's all that's, you know, that's what a lot of Broncos fans want to see um, in terms of Jalen Virgil. He, I don't see him being uh, active, uh, but that does have a lot to do with uh, Jerry Judy's status. Obviously Judy's banged up with ribs. Um, and the next question we have Jack Rogers asking, do you think Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson's communication will work out eventually? I, you know, I definitely, I definitely do. Um, I can't say I'm not concerned and that, you know, and I, I mean, I know I've said it probably a million times on here, but uh, my concern is not like my concerns with Nathaniel Hackett are not as a play caller, not as a, you know, just pure schematics. Um, I'm not concerned about any of that because we, and even though we had a little bit of a lull in the Texans game, you know, I mean, and the team ranks uh, were seven, we're seventh in total offense and then first in yards per drive. Like yeah. this, this team is plenty capable of moving the ball. Yeah, it's, sure. When we get, you know, when we are moving the ball, we're not cashing in. We're not getting it into the end zone, and that that is our problem. And uh, and I mean, communication issues. I definitely think that those are a lot easier to fix than play calling and schematic, like schematical issues, which is encouraging. But at the same time, the issues that we're seeing with uh, Nathaniel Hackett are issues that should not be an issue by anyone that has spent any time in the NFL. Um, I mean, these are mistakes that the casual football fan could correct. And uh, that those are my concerns. So, I, I mean, I definitely think that we will see uh, the communication between Russ and Hackett get better. And just, I mean, looking at what Hackett has said in press, uh, press conferences this week, I, I definitely think that he has the capability to – turn you know turn things around and uh clean those types of things up but if we see it for a third week in a row i know it's uh completely it, it's kind of it, it's definitely an out there take but I, I i would not uh hesitate at the idea of calling for hackett at that point because i mean if we at this point if we see three straight weeks of the same uh fundamental issues i mean that just can't happen like that, that, that is absolutely unacceptable as for any coach that spent any time in the NFL. I get that. Do you, you, so you seriously think Nathaniel Hackett should, uh, we should consider firing him if the same issues reoccur this season? I mean, I, I know it's not going to happen. Um, and I mean, you know, shit, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it takes some, and I don't know. Maybe we see, five more weeks of the same thing. And then he gets turned around mid season. But I mean, I, I don't know. I just, uh, the issues that I have seen from Hackett are just, they are so fundamental and so basic. It's just, it's blatantly unacceptable. I mean, these are not like complicated issues. I mean, it's, it's very basic stuff that I'm sure any, like any average person is capable of fixing themselves. And so if, it, it would, like I said, it would be different if the offense just wasn't moving the ball. They, you know, coaches need time to figure those things out. I completely understand that. But the, the I mean, these are just fundamental, uh, like things that, like when you're learning about the sport, these are things that you learn. And these are, these are the, uh, on the list of things that a new head coach should be having trouble with. What we've seen Nathaniel Hackett struggle with those mistakes should be on the very bottom of that list. You know, I mean, it, 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 I, I, I'm not sure if I'm really getting my point across well here, but it's just, it, it's not the, um, you know, 
it's the it, it's the mistakes themselves. I, I like I totally expected Hackett to struggle in his first few weeks and even in his first season. You know, there's there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be learning steps that you have to take. But these are not like these are not learning steps. These are we're screwing up the fundamental elements of like basic situational football, and that's absolutely unacceptable. I don't even know how you could have gotten a job as an offensive coordinator or even an assistant coach at any role at any level in the NFL without knowing these basic and fundamental things. Uh, I guess that's where my concern lies is that the mistakes we're seeing from Hackett are just such basic and fundamental issues that anyone in the league should be plenty capable of uh, making those, making those decisions without issue. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I think he's, he's very well qualified for the job. Obviously, you know, Payne's a very smart guy. He gave him the job for the reason. And I think he has the potential to be a great head coach and, do these things right it's all just mental errors i was watching um uh shout out to the pat mcafee show there's a really good show over there i was watching um the episode on youtube they're talking about um you know denver fans already calling for hackett's head um and they were talking about you know just these first few weeks how nathaniel hackett it hasn't it hasn't came down to play calling him. I know some fans have like tried to write him off for his play, play calling. It isn't that they're obviously, like you said, moving the ball well. Um, it shows statistically, um, but it's just mental errors. I feel like in mental errors are the number one thing that you can fix. I feel like for Hackett, if he can fix those slight minor errors, you know, obviously they're not minor errors because you know they affect the entire game, but just those small errors. As a head coach, if you can fix those, and it'll help your you know your football team win games. I feel like um, that's something that's very fixable. Um, I think that he, I feel like we never would have saw this coming just because these errors that he's making are a result of um, just not enough um, urgency. Um, I feel like he isn't as um, urgent or just like he does like he even said in his uh, pressers that he isn't fast enough to make certain decisions he needs to be more uh urgent with those um you know those uh dis- the, his decision making in general um and i think if he can get those things down he'll, he'll be you know he'll be a good head coach you know it, you know and that's my thing and i and i definitely believe that he has the potential to become a great head coach as well mm-hmm. um but and I know it sound it sounds absolutely wild to call for his job this early, but I mean it's. I guess what I'm trying to say is I like I have as far as just basic game management and like situational football, uh, and just his decision making in general. Um, and like like I said, like you just said, we like we've already touched on this plenty of times. Is like I I we nobody is questioning his ability to call plays or questioning his ability to scheme uh scheme an offense or game plan for a team you know none of those things are in question but i mean it it almost reminds me of like the the 2019 browns like with uh freddie kitchens i mean it's like i've never seen such horrible and like just such egregious mismanagement of such basic aspects of foot like of situational football I've never seen such horrible mismanagement of the simplest things uh, in, in probably my, my 18 years of watching football. Um, 
and I mean, I'm definitely going to be patient. And of course, I like, I mean, and regardless, I mean, obviously, like the idea of firing Hackett after three, four games is just not even realistic. But I'm saying, I if we continue to see this in the following weeks, I, I will be at that point because, and like I just said, you know, those are just such basic and fundamental things. You should have those down well before you even uh, are even considered for a head coaching job. Yeah, um, and Pat, Pat, you know, Pat McAfee was also saying that he was saying, you know, there's a few things. There's obviously a lot of things he's doing well, but those small things, those mental errors that he's making, you know, this team is ready to win now. This team is ready to win now, and you know, if 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 you're going to be the head coach of this team, the leader of this team. You have to you have to catch on quick, especially with Russell Wilson, who we all know we all know Russell Wilson wants to be a top five quarterback of all time. I mean, he left Seattle for a reason. Um, I wouldn't say he's chasing accolades, but he wants to be one of the greatest ever, and I don't blame him for that at all. And if you're going to be the head coach of this team, especially with Russell Wilson, and not we're pretty much you know close to a Super Bowl ready roster, um, we you know we can't make these mistakes. You know, I'm glad that we're getting them out early in the season and hopefully we can show improvement. But, you know, Pat McAfee and his team were saying this. You can't make these mistakes. You have to be ready to win. You have to be ready to make decisions on the fly. It doesn't matter if it's five seconds. You have to be ready. It's a it's a big thing with him. He needs more. Uh, he needs more urgence. Um, he needs to be, you know, more ready, more sound. Um, that's what I want to see out. of. You know, that's what I want to see out of Hackett moving forward. Obviously, the play calling, the scheme, the game planning, it's there. He just like he needs to be better at being quicker, being more decisive. Um, I, I just I want to see that see more of that out of Hackett. Um, they, they were even saying on the show, you know, if there were a few more things that we did um, right as a coaching staff, and you know, we could fix just these minor penalties and like the you know the Seattle game. So we were so close to making certain plays. If there were just so like a few slight more decisions that we made correctly, we would think of this whole team. We would think of the uh, Nathaniel Hackett so much differently. Us as Broncos fans, we've seen so many memes of this team over the last few weeks. It's been outrageous. I mean, you look on Instagram and you're seeing, you know, Russell Wilson being clowned, um, uh, Nathaniel Hackett being clowned or, you know, reasonably so. Um, if there were just a few things that would have went differently, this whole team would be viewed differently. We're, we're literally being, uh, we're literally being counted as like one of the most, um, overrated, um, teams this, like this off season because of, you know, the product that we've given out, uh, these first two weeks against, you know, two essential, um, poor, you know, poor teams, teams that are not supposed to be good at all. So for us to, um, you know, for us to be that close, I think that's something to be optimistic about, but also, you know, that eats at you because, if, you know, if a few, like I said, if there's a few things that would have went differently, then we would be at two and zero, and you know, we'd be a lot, you know, be viewed a lot more higher. But you know, as Broncos fans, I know me personally, I like being slept. You know, I like I like us being the underdog. Um, I like being slept on. Um, I want Hackett to turn this around. I want uh, Russ to be, you know, a top five quarterback. I want this offense to eat. Um, I want us to score touchdowns in the red zone. So um, I think we could turn this around for every Broncos fan that's listening right now. You know, we're, I think, I think we'll turn this around, you know, stay positive. Um, I, you know, there's just, we're so close. We're so close. That's, that's basically my message that I'm trying to give to you guys. I think um, so many fans are freaked out by the, these poor decisions 
but I think they don't realize that these decisions are such poor mental errors that can be switched so quickly. If, you know, George Payton or Russell Wilson, um, you know, just talks to Hackett and figure, you know, figures this thing out. We got to figure this thing out. Uh, we can't lose to the 49ers this weekend, in my opinion. It's a must win. Uh, we can't drop to one and two. Um, this is so. This is a really, really big game for not only uh, Russell Wilson, but also Nathaniel Hackett. You know, and I, I'll give my last take before we move on on this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's the thing. And I mean, well, and obviously we already saw, you know, I mean, we started out with two teams that are just not good. They, they, they aren't good. Uh, there's just, it's just that simple. And if you look at it, both of those games, I mean, the Texans game, yes, the offense just had a little bit of trouble moving the ball for part of that game. But then again, you look at the game and there were still plenty of opportunities where we could have won that game very comfortably. And instead of uh, having conversations, even though it was a win, we talked about it as if it was a loss, you know? Yeah, like we and should have blew out these teams. Exactly. Exactly. A thousand percent. And, and we could have. We, like, we, we, we played well enough to do that. But it was fundamental mistakes that kept us from doing that. And yeah. like you said, you know, a few things go like a, just a, a few things each game go differently. And this is like people are looking at this football team completely differently. And but and that's the thing, though. And that's where it comes back to me with Hackett's decision making. And obviously, I'm not saying that George Pate. I'm not saying even if if we it's the same story every week. Um I'm not saying George Payton should have like fire hack at mid season, but I think if we see that, like, as far as the decision-making, the situational decision-making, the clock management, if, I mean, if the rest of the season, um, or even, a, I, I, I don't know if he could turn it around, but if the rest of the season looks anything like what the first two weeks had, uh, the first two weeks has, I think we could be uh, talking about, I think we could be talking about the coaching carousel uh, come February or January. My bad. I 100% think if these mental errors happen throughout the rest of the season, we have like a Matt Nagy kind of, he, you know, he kind of um, coaches like Matt Nagy with those, that poor decision-making. Um, obviously I love Nathaniel Hackett a lot. I, I don't, I don't think this can happen, but since we bring up the topic, if it does, I 100% think uh, Hackett should be fired after the season. You can call me crazy, but I don't think he should be given a chance like Vic Fangio, given the fact that Russell Wilson and this roster is ready to compete now. They are ready to make a deep playoff run now. Exactly, you know, and that's and that's that's kind of I, – I guess I should have clarified my take more clearly. That's more, more or less what I meant, you know. Obviously, I'm not out on Hackett as of right now. But if we continue to see the same mistakes, and that's the thing. I mean, we already saw you couldn't get away with it against the Seahawks. You almost did, but you, you were able to get away with it against the Texans. You, you, you can afford to make those types of uh, mistakes against bad teams. You can't do that against the 49ers. You just can't. You, I mean, if, we, if, if this week looks anything like the last two weeks have, we're not winning. Uh, you, you can get away with that against the Seahawks and the Texans. You can against the 49ers, the Raiders, probably not even the Colts. I mean, th- those are teams that are going to be at least competitive, if not playoff teams. So, uh, I mean, Hackett is going to have to get this turned around starting this week. And I guess that's where I'll end on that. Yeah, and um, the final question, we, we this basically ties in everything we just said. 
Um, Daniel asks, when is it time to panic? Um, you know, we kind of, we kind of already essentially answered this. Um, I think panic mode would be come um, bye week. I think our bye week is like week eight. Bye week. If we have, if we have a pretty bad losing record, um, like two and five or like three, three and four, something like that. Um, three and four isn't the worst, but if we just have a, a bad losing record and the, the coaching is still bad, the offense still can't convert in the red zone. I think I think it might be panic mode. Uh, you can you know you can say what you want, but if we're going to a bye week, still you know struggling that much with the coaching staff and offense, then I think I think it might be panic time. That doesn't mean we should blow it all up or we should fire Hackett midseason. I don't think we should. I don't think there's any uh, circumstance where we should fire Hackett if we're still in playoff contention, in my opinion. But um, I think in that in that moment, it would be panic time. And um, we would have to, I don't know, maybe go go trade out, go trade for someone to uh, improve the offense. If it's a uh, offensive line or whatever it may be, just, you know, make a move quick to uh, try and improve this team. But, yeah, I think that would be around panic time. I would agree. Um, you know, and even I would even argue, you know, I, I would say week five, week six, if we're still, uh, if every game we're telling the same story, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's even panic time, even before that, you know, um, because at that, at that point, what reason would we have to believe that the issues that we're seeing are going to get cleaned up or going to get fixed? Um, I definitely think, and that's my thing, obviously, there's absolutely no scenario uh, in which Nathaniel Hackett gets fired midseason. Um, I just, there's absolutely no scenario where that happens. Um, but in, but if we, if, uh, like I said, you know, if the rest of the season looks anything like it did uh, the first two games this year, I think we could definitely be having some pretty discussions about whether uh, Nathaniel Hackett's going to be around for the 2023 season. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, you know, this roster is ready to compete now and we don't have time to let, uh, let a head coach make these. And I don't, I can't even call them murky mistakes. Uh, Like any, like I said, you know, anybody with any experience in the NFL, like with coaching in the NFL, should have these things down packed. I mean, yeah, I mean, a, some of these things that we've seen him do are like things I've never seen from a coach before. And exactly. is super concerning. Exactly. And that, that like that, that is the basis of my entire take. Uh, you know, I like it sounds, I'm sure everyone listening is saying this dude is crazy. Like you're out on him after two games. It, it's not that I'm like in, in almost any other situation, I, I, I wouldn't be. I don't care how horrible the offense has looked through two weeks. I wouldn't be out on him, but it's the, it's the fact that like I have like what we've seen from Nathaniel Hackett, the first two games, it's like, it's, I didn't even, I almost didn't even imagine that this was possible. I mean, these are, I just absolutely, I'm not trying to dunk on him, but just blatantly idiotic decisions. Uh, I mean, it just, like you said, things that we have never seen from a head coach anywhere in the league before. And I like, at that point, you're not even a bad head coach. You're not even competent. Um, and 
I guess that's where I'll end off. You know, that's my take. If if the rest of the season looks anything like it has the first two games, then I I am hundred percent out on Hackett. Yeah, for sure, I agree. Um, with said, that is the end of that rant. <laughs> we can move on to our fantasy football segment. Um, so basically, uh, what I have now is you guys answer your uh, your you know your starter sit suggestions, or just ask any fantasy football advice for your teams. Uh, doesn't matter like how many players you have, it's PPR or not. Um, I just hope I just like to introduce this. I know some people have asked for this, so um, here we go. So first person uh, is Ian. Um, he asks, P, uh, "I'm in a PPR. Uh, should I start Jalen Waddle or Mike Evans?" Well, Mike Evans is uh, not playing this Sunday, so Jalen Waddle for sure. <laughs> okay, that answers that. Um, someone asks, a "Rogue Agent asks, I have Dotson on my bench off the waivers, and I have McLaurin as a starter. Should I start Dotson? Obviously, at D- J- Jahan Dotson's uh, rookie wide receiver for the Commanders." Um, that's, that's a great question. Both and are I, in Washington. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, I think Dotson definitely has pretty decent upside and actually, I mean, you know, I mean, Dotson's been doing me well the past few weeks as well, but mm-hmm. I would start, I would start Terry, um, over him this week still, because if you look, I mean, it, Dotson's getting decent targets, but, uh, you know, Terry is still the unquestioned wide receiver one on that offense. And two, you know, if you look at even though Dotson has performed really well in fantasy the past two weeks uh, without the touchdowns that like he he would be not even fantasy viable at that point, you know. Um, and with that, I, I that tends me to lean Terry into just because of his role in the offense. Uh, he's, you know, Terry's the unquestioned wide receiver one. He's going to get the most targets and two, like touchdowns are kind of like a spotty. I will, I don't want to say fluky, but you know, those are, that's a spotty stat. Um, touchdowns aren't guaranteed every week. So, uh, until we see Dotson getting targeted consistently more and, you know, getting, uh, getting chunks of yards every game considerably more, uh, I would lean Terry until then, but you know, if, if Dotson continues to ball out in the coming weeks, I would definitely, I, I definitely think that there's an argument for Dotson over Terry. Yeah. I like it. I, I haven't seen much from McLaurin at all this season so far. It seems like Dotson and Wentz are forming a pretty nice connection. Even Curtis Samuel, I've heard more of him than McLaurin. Yeah. And I, and actually, you know, Curtis Samuel uh, for fantasy purposes, at least, you know, Curtis Samuel is probably, uh, you know, he's, he's the commander's wide receiver to have right now. So, um, and like I said, you know, I, I love Dotson. Um, and even for fantasy purposes, I like him, but I, I, it's just too early in the season for me to start Dotson over Terry. He is the unquestioned wide receiver. One of that offense, he's going to get the most targets. Um, and I, I, and I too, I also don't really love the matchup for Dotson as well. And I don't love it for Terry either, but, you know, in a matchup like this, this early in the season with Dotson being a rookie and touchdowns having carried his fantasy performances so far, I would definitely have to lean Terry. That's a bit. Yeah, it's a very good point. I like that. Um, Kai Smith asks, should I start, uh, should I play Drake London or James Conner at flex? 
Ooh, that is a re- that is a really good uh, start set. Let me pull up, and it, you know, uh, Connor is actually he is still listed as questionable. Um, oh, wait, and it was Connor and who? Drake London. Drake London. Okay. Um, Drake London's kind of been going off. He has, you know, and I love the upside with London. Um, Right now, Connor's considered uh, day to day. So, and he was, he, he did practice Thursday. So I I would definitely, all all I can really tell you on that one is I would say monitor James Connor's injury status, like a Hawk. Um, If Dotson starts on Sunday, um, I would definitely start him in the flex. Um, but, and I guess it's kind of up to you as well, because I feel like London has the upside. Uh, if, if you're looking for upside, London definitely has that, uh, you know, you, you, your chances of him going off are probably better than Connors, especially, uh, working through an injury. But if you're looking for just like consistent fantasy production, I would go with Connor at least for this week. And that's obviously depending on whether he plays. Yeah, I mean that is uh, the fact that um, you know that you know the injury status matters, especially that you know he's referring to the flex position. Injury status does matter in that instance. Exactly. So you know, um, and to I, I and actually, and it, it, that's actually a really good question. I think you can't go wrong either way. Uh, I, I like London's matchup a lot better. Uh, the, I mean, the Falcons are playing the Seahawks and the Cardinals are playing the Rams. So that defensive front is a nightmare. Uh, Connor still produced great against the Rams last year. So I still think, I mean, you can't really go wrong either way, but I would definitely, I would definitely lean Connor for the flex. Uh, yeah, this early in the season, I would have to lean Connor. I, this is a very, very interesting question. I'm really curious to see this guy's lineup. He smooth like his username is smooth like PB. He asks, "Should I start Jalen Waddle or Amon Ross St. Brown? Are you in a two man league, dude?" Act, no, this dude is asking. No, that's I'm, fair. I'm confused. Uh, what? No, Waddle and Waddle and St. Brown were going like they were. I I got I and I actually have both of them in one league. Um. Yeah, but should you, wouldn't you be like starting two of them, right? Because like, or am I just missing something? I don't know. I, I, it, and that would kind of depend on who else is in his lineup. Yeah, because um, I wonder who else you would have. Yeah, I can definitely see what you mean. Um, and I mean, for example, like one league I'm in, I have uh, Jalen Waddle, Drake London, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and CD Lamb. So yeah, that's fucking crazy. And I mean, and that's and it's a it's a twelve man league, so. Uh, Waddle, Waddle and St. Brown, I mean, their draft stock just wasn't as high as it should have been. Um, but I, I would have to go with, I, I, yeah, I would definitely go with St. Brown. Uh, I mean, they're playing the Vikings. The Vikings defense is awful, uh, especially the corners. Um, I think St. Brown is primed for a huge day. And then, I Mm -hmm. mean, Waddle, they're playing the Bills. And the Bills currently have the best defense in the NFL, I believe. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I would hesitate to start Waddle. I think that, I think it's a possibility that he, he puts up like a really decent weekend. But now, and if you look back to last season, uh, St. Brown didn't score less than 20 fantasy points for the last five games. So he scored over 20 fantasy points the last five 
uh, last five games last year. And then he's gotten off to a blazing hot start this year. So I, Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously it's still pretty early, but he's given me more consistent fantasy uh, production to believe that he's going to go off this week too. And then especially, I mean, if you look at the matchup, it's a no brainer. I still think you can't go wrong with Waddle, but as far as the matchup and then just the consistency aspect, I would hundred percent go with St. Brown. Yeah. I think you definitely have to go with Amon Ross St. Brown here. Um, he's having a really big season. These are like two of my like favorite non-Bronco wide receivers right now. They're super, super fun to watch. Um, Amon Raj is going up from here, but um, Jalen Waddle, obviously, like you said, their corners are good, but also their safeties are really, they're insanely good. So um, even if he finds um, himself downfield, safety, there's still going to be safety help over the top. So um, I, and you know, Jalen Waddle's, uh, I'm sorry, um, Tua Tagovailoa isn't really someone who is great with the deep ball. Um, definitely has regressed in that area. So you definitely got to go with Amon Ross St. Brown here. Um, him and Jared Goff have a great connection. Um, the next question is, should I start or sit Travis Etienne? Obviously, we don't know his lineup, but, um, you know, just just that question alone, do you think Travis Etienne and his matchup, do you think it's worth uh, starting him this week? Um, well, I mean, that's kind, of a, that's kind of a hard question to answer without, like, another I, – I, I wish he would have included, like, another player in his lineup that he could uh, replace him with, but yeah. – um, what do you think he's going to like have like a, you know, at least a, like a serviceable, you know, good game? I, I really don't like, uh, and I'm assuming you're looking. He's at, been pretty bad this season, right? Uh, he hasn't, he hasn't really been bad. Uh, he's definitely, definitely underperformed expectations though. Um, and that's where, that's what gives me the, the hesitation with him. Um, it's kind of hard for me to, and to the, you know, their matchup, they're playing the Chargers this week. I don't see him producing, uh, even if he turns the season around, I don't see his breakout day being being this Sunday uh, going up against that defense. So I would definitely think, I mean, obviously I, it's kind of hard to answer this question with limited information, but I would definitely, I, I would definitely, if you have a better option than ETN, I would definitely sit. ETN this week. I don't like him as a start at all. Uh, he's kind of a player that I, yeah, I, I wouldn't start him unless you absolutely have to this week. Okay, okay. Um, we have Jamin asks, should I start Garrett Wilson or Cortland Sutton? My other two receivers are Diggs and London. Diggs and London, and then Court and wait, Court and who else? Garrett Wilson from the Jets. Garrett Wilson. Ooh, that's a great one. Um, I mean, obviously, Diggs is a start every week, regardless. For sure. Like, no questions asked. And he seems um, like he seems like he wants to start London because he's asking should he start Garrett Wilson or Sutton. You know, I think other t- London is a really yeah. London, that's a super solid start. Um, Garrett Wilson or Court. Um, I, I don't love – I mean, I think Court's going to have a good game. I, I don't love the matchup, though. But I, I think he's going to get fed just because of Jerry probably not playing. Who's New York um, playing? New York, they play uh, Cincinnati. And, you know, their corners aren't great. The secondary is oh. not great overall. Um, so I, I, I love that matchup, too. And, I mean, at that point, I, it's kind of with Drake London and uh, Garrett Wilson. I mean, to me, that's kind of like apples and apples. Uh, because I think they both have tremendous upside. I would. I'm still. 
I'm re- when it comes to fantasy, um, I'm really hesitant was when it comes to rookies. Uh, I, I really like to see consistent production from them before I like start feeling comfortable about starting them. Um, I guess, you know, this would kind of depend on like your matchup this week. Uh, look at who you're playing. If this, like, if you're going up against someone, you think that you're really going to need like some really high end for, uh, fantasy performances from someone. If you, if you're going to need like a, a 20, 25 bomb from someone, I would definitely roll with London or, uh, Garrett Wilson. But I think if you just need like cons- like just a, a decent 15 to 20 point game, I think court would probably be the safer start. And if it was me, uh, I would probably be starting Drake London. Okay, just, okay. Uh, just because of that matchup. I think court, yeah, like I said, you know, de- court's definitely the safest option of all of those. But if you if you're looking for the upside, um, get I think Garrett Wilson, Drake London, you can't go wrong with either. But I would lean, I would lean uh, Drake London. Okay. Um, someone asks, uh, Julie GM uh, Berkner asks, in a in a non PPR league, do I start Christian Kirk or uh, Court or Cortland Sutton? That's a good question. Um, Christian Kirk's been popping off. You know, I and I I do I I absolutely love the way that they're using Christian Kirk in that offense, and you know he's definitely the unquestioned wide receiver one in that offense. Uh, and two, you know, just with his big playability and like the threat he poses downfield, I would actually have to lean. I would have to lean. Uh, I would have to lean Kirk probably. Uh, and I don't love his matchup compared to Courts, but. Um, you know, I, I think Kirk is going to get his regardless. Um, and I know, I mean, it's, I know it's not PPR, but I still think that the big playability with Kirk is too, uh, that's too big of a, of a trait not to, you know, pay attention to. I definitely think that you're given, uh, given Kirk the start over court this week. Ryan J Horner, um, who I'm friends with, he asks, should I start Cordero Patterson over Hunter Renfro PPR? I think it's a no-brainer. You have to start Cordero. I, I don't know. Cordero, he he really had a dud last week, which kind of scares oh, me. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, of course I say that, and that means that he's going to go off for 25 this week. But um, <laughs> it, uh, I, shit, that's hard. Uh, I would probably have to lean um, – Wait, it was Cordell, Cordell, and who? Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Uh, and Renfro, he's questionable with uh with with a concussion. Yeah, so you got to go Patterson. That's really hard for me because the, the I mean, huh, yeah, Renfro, he's really kind of un, underperformed expectations this season, and then two, just with him being questionable. Um, I mean, obviously, I I. I don't really think that a con- like coming off of a concussion. I don't think that really has any effect on play. Um, if he's cleared to play, I think Hunter Renfro. I think he's going to be a full go. But just with like so far throughout the first two weeks of the season, I would definitely feel. I don't really feel good about either of those guys. Uh, I kind of have those guys as like don't start them unless you have to. But I would probably lean Cordell. And I, I don't feel great about it, but I, I would have to lean Cordell just because at least he had a really good week one. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I just think um, there isn't any circumstance where Hunter Renfro would have a better game than Devontae. I think Devontae is a solidified number one target in the offense. I mean, that doesn't mean that if Devontae can have a good game, Renfro can't. But I just don't, like you've said, like I don't think Renfro is on the trajectory that Raiders fans have made him out to be. I think you 100% got to go with Patterson here, um, especially the fact that he can uh, rack up running, rushing yards too. He's a well, hybrid, actually, hybrid player. Well, and actually, you know, and I like I really don't think that uh, – it's not even – I don't even think it's Devontae taking up too many of the targets. I'd have to get the exact numbers on the target share there. But, um, I mean, Hunter Renfro, he hasn't uh, – I mean, I actually – I love him as a guy for fantasy, uh, you know. And even, like, as as far as, like, just making an impact on the field and then fantasy, those are two completely different things, you know. Uh, Hunter doesn't even necessarily have to have a good day to be productive in fantasy. Yeah, so, sure. But then again, I mean, but he hasn't been productive in fantasy. And then two, I mean, just, I mean, shit, two fumbles and one drive last week. That scares me. And then two, just, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't lived up to expectations. I think he will eventually, but just from what we've seen so far throughout this season, I would definitely lean Cordell. And I, I still wouldn't feel good. Uh, I'm hoping that you have someone else in, in your lineup that could even be better than both of those guys. But if it's a yeah. if it's a deep league, then yeah, I I would definitely go with Patterson there. So that's gonna wrap it up for this segment um of the fantasy football for this week. Um, that was pretty fun. I like that. I think we're gonna do that every week for our week previews. Um, uh, so, um, with that being said, we're gonna wrap this up with our final score predictions against the 49ers. Who do you got, Trayton, and how by how much? And um, I know you said, uh, do you have KJ Hamler as your uh, best player for this? Bron- well, we're gonna go ahead and kind of do this every week. Who, first of all, first off, who is gonna be the best player on this offense um, productively on the stat sheet, stat sheet? And same thing for the defense. And then, what do you have as your final score prediction? I, you know, I, th- I mean, I think as far as offense goes, I think it's got to be Cortland Sutton. Uh, I mean, that's the that's the obvious pick there. I, mm. I just think Russ is going to feed him the ball like no other just because I, it's really looking like Jerry isn't going to play. Um, I mean, you still have some hope. He's not ruled out yet, but um, the fact that he didn't practice today, that's pretty – that's kind of disencouraging. And then to, uh, you know, the – and I mean, KJ and Tyree Cleveland, I think those are solid pieces on offense, but I can't – I don't really think that you can expect them to come out and produce – or put up like a huge, a huge game as far as at least like statistically, I don't think you're going to see them come out and just light it up on the stat sheet. I think KJ could have a great game still, but I think as far as the stat sheet goes, I think Cortland's going to get uh, a good chunk of the targets. And so I, I think he's going to have a, a significantly better day than anyone else on offense. Um. Uh, I think Javante, obviously Javante, he's, I think he's in there every week. Uh, I think he he's probably the most important player on the offense as far as this week goes, and then uh, on the defense, uh, I think this is you know this is a game that's going to be won in the trenches. Uh, DJ Jones is still listed as questionable, um, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I can't really as far as the defense goes, I can't really name one player. I I feel like this is a game that's going to really matter. I this game is going to be won or lost in the trenches, so I think the the entire defensive line. 
That's fair. That's fair. I like that. Um, that, that reminds me as well. We'll kind of, I'm going to run through the injury report real fast. Um, Jerry Judy did not practice today as of Thursday, the 22nd. Um, with the, he's uh, obviously has that rib injury. They have it listed as rib slash shoulder, but it's mainly just pain in the rib abdominal, abdominal area. Um, Darius Phillips, who we acquired um, from free agency right before the season started uh, the corner, he is uh, out with the hamstring injury. He's not ruled out, but he was out of practice. Um, and then we have multiple players uh, listed um, as limited Thursday. It's kind of outrageous. We have Tyree Cleveland, um, who's seen more um, involvement in this offense. Jonathan Cooper, who just popped up on there too, hamstring. Um, Tyree Cleveland, hamstring as well. KJ Hamler is still limited uh, with a knee slap, uh, slash hip. Um, he's also dealing with a groin injury as well. Um, Josie Jewell is still limited with that calf injury. Um, he's really a 50-50 for uh, Sunday against San Francisco. Um, Draymond Jones, he's now on the injury report, neck injury. DJ Jones, like you said, uh, he's now on the injury report with the ankle injury. Um, Quinn Miners, obviously he's going to be out for the next two weeks. Um, Passer Tan was limited with that shoulder injury. Mike Purcell, also on the defensive line, he popped up on the injury report. Um, with the elbow injury, Billy Turner's still limited with that knee injury. Dalton Reisner pops up, um, but he was a full practice today. That's uh, that's good to see. Um, he has a, a slight elbow injury. Randy Gregory is a full part a practice participant with the knee injury. Um, and the, uh, finally, we have Caden Stearns and Kawan William, uh, Williams, who were both uh, full practice participants today. Um, they are are fully expected to be ready for Sunday. Um, to start in their respective positions. So, yeah, it's a bit of a very long injury list. And, of course, they're all um, very key uh, pieces of both the offense and defense. Mainly the, the defense is looking very banged up. The fact that that defense is so banged up and they're still the strength of this team right now is pretty impressive, um, you know, given the circumstances. Um, so for your score prediction, what do you have? Uh Broncos fans probably won't like this, but I got uh, San Francisco 31 to 20. 31 to 20. Wow. Um, so for me, I'm going to go offensively. I really debated this in my mind. It could go really either way. Um, I think Cortland Sutton could have a big game um, depending on who he's going against. Um and it could it could really go either way. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it's gonna be Russell Wilson or Javante. I feel like it's gonna be Russell or Javante. Um, I'm really scared of um, safe uh, 49ers safety Talanoa um, Hufanga. I apologize if I said his first name incorrectly, but he is so good. He is on his way to an extreme breakout season. If you don't know his name now, you're gonna know it. Uh, very very soon he is um he's a really 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 underrated safety he's gonna he's gonna be super good for the 49ers for quite some time um that's he's gonna probably toy with russ a bit so with that being said that's from how good that secondary is i'm gonna go ahead and play a safe here and pick my favorite player javante williams to be the offensive uh the number one offensive player for us this week the broncos need to pound the rock they need to pound the rock um obviously um, my keys to victory this week are just pound the rock, um, lean more on the run game in the red zone. Um, use your play action to your ability. 
um, and defensively, um, you know, try to try to get ahead in the game, try to hold them to points and put your offense in good positions to where you're not having to play on your toes and stop, you know, stop with the defensive penalties. Um, you know, if we can, if we can hold that under control, I think we can have a chance against San Francisco. Um, I'm not completely ruling out um, us winning this game, um, but I do have us losing this game. Um, I'm, I'm picking San Francisco. I'm going to, I'm going to say San Francisco wins this one. 24 to 24 to 19 24 to 19 sounds about right um i have for the third consecutive week the broncos not being able to put up more than 20 points um i feel like the 49ers offenses will be more um up for the challenge um for this one um i like the 49ers defense a lot in this one nick bosa is insane fred warner is insane the secondary is so underrated i think they might be the best in the league um but yeah with that being said um i think on defense bradley chubb or pat sertan probably will have the best game um i'm gonna go ahead and lock my pick in as bradley chubb i do like that matchup with uh him on uh, mike mcglinchy um i think trent williams is a beast randy gregory isn't gonna be able to do much um but yeah right tackle mike mcglinchy i think he's uh I think um, – and I, I might be wrong here, actually. Who is the right outside linebacker? Because Von Miller was left, so Bradley Chubb's still on the right? I believe or... so. Let, let me check. Okay, so I, so I could be wrong on this. Um, I think if Bradley Chubb is going against Mike McGlinchey, he's going to have the best game for us. Um, but if not, then I'm going to pick Pat, Pat Sertan. Yeah, I do it, like Pat it, it is Bradley Chubb, by the way. On the right side? Yeah. All right. So I still think uh, Bradley Chubb could have a decent game, but um, I don't see Randy Gregory having as nice of a game going against Mike McGlinchey. I'm going to go ahead and lock uh, Pastor Tan in for um, – I think he's going to bounce uh, back really well from that injury and have a have a really good game. Um, I could see him – if Jimmy G is going to throw any pick, it's going to be to uh, Pastor Tan. Um, I do like him a lot in this matchup. Um, yeah, with that being said, train has the Niners over the Broncos 31 to 20. I have the Niners over the Broncos 24 to 19. I hope they uh, prove me wrong. Um, I, I definitely could see us up. I definitely, cause you know, we're, uh, we're the underdogs now, um, after, uh, Jimmy G was, uh, became the starter. So, um, uh, I, I definitely could see us, uh, upsetting the 49ers if we can stick to our game plan and not make any mistakes and play well-disciplined football. Those are our keys to victory. Um, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, we have plenty more episodes coming in the future, many more. Uh, every week we have a, a game preview for every single game. Um, these are always fun. We're always going to answer your guys' questions, um, your fantasy questions as well uh, for fantasy football. You know, Show those fantasy owners love out there. Um, hope you guys enjoy. Make sure to check out Apple, um, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a rating. Um, and just let us know how we, what you guys think about these podcasts. I'm having a blast. Trayton's having a blast. Um, anything else you want to leave us out with uh, on this episode, Trayton? Um, just one, uh, one short thing. Just, you know, I just want everyone here to know that this is a safe space for Cam Akers fantasy. That's all I got to say. What? This is a safe space for donors. And if you have Cam Akers in fantasy, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's terrible. Yeah. 
uh, I'll, I'll just throw that out there. Uh, if, if Makers is in your starting lineup, take him out and take him out now. <laughs> yeah, you're in for a you're in for a rough week. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. If I, you if I've done that already, then you probably uh, probably haven't been to paying uh, much attention to football, have you? <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> All right, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, be sure to check out more. Uh, have notifications on. Uh, plenty more episodes coming. Stay tuned. Uh, Broncos country, let's ride.